This isn't a testimony, a legacy. I wasn't real sure about, about it, so I've, I've listed some things chronologically, but it's kind of just some of my experiences with the Lord I want to share, just the ones that the Holy Spirit brought to mind. Um, one of the first books, let me pray. <laughs> Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you, Lord, for who you are. I thank you for who you are, our champion. You are our champion, Lord. And it is all about you, Lord. We just bow before you, God. We bow before you, Lord. We open our hearts, Holy Spirit. We open our hearts for all that you have. You are the, you are the teacher. You are the communicator. You are the one that, that brings light to the dark places. You are the one that illuminates our soul. We just welcome you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, one of the first books of the Bible that I was drawn to was Romans. It was so definitive of the message of salvation and the Father's desire and provision for relationship with me. This was my foundational feet planting place. So I'm going to walk through a little of Romans as I share some of my experiences with the Lord. The very first chapter of Romans states that the just shall live by faith. My journey started over 30 years ago, sitting at my kitchen table with my sister Maureen, when I asked Jesus to be Lord of my life. An event that probably would not have happened without the prayers of Molly and my sister Margaret. Um, on the outside, I was a most unlikely candidate. So. Don't ever give up praying and believing for your loved ones that seem too lost to be found, because here I am. As it states in Romans 2, do you not know that it is the kindness or goodness of God that leads to repentance? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that I found his kindness. Romans 3, 4 says, Let God be found true in every man a liar. When I was about a year old in the Lord, I was going to buy a new car. I'd never had a new car. As a matter of fact, I had some cars that I pushed more than I drove. But I asked God, and he said yes to this. So I talked to him several times. I was single, so I talked to my father, you know, to, to see that we were all in agreement that this little red colt was my car. So I sat down with the salesman who had the keys sitting right next to him and started filling out the paperwork. And when we had just about finished, another salesman came over, picked up the keys, and started to walk away. My salesman said, what are you doing? And he said, I just sold that car to those people over there. Their pre-financing had been completed, and they got the car. There was nothing I could do. But hadn't I heard God say, this was my car? I walked out of the car lot feeling numb and confused, which turned to anger and disappointment. I knew I had heard God on this. Or did I? Maybe I didn't know how to hear God. Maybe it was a cruel setup. You know, when, you're, when you sin or you're deeply wrestling with something, I heard someone say once, don't run from God, run to him. I wrestled all weekend. 
And by the time Sunday rolled around, I was feeling pretty disappointed and confused. But I went to church. I went back again on Sunday evening. And somehow, in that time frame, the Lord caused a settling in my spirit. I knew what God had said to me. And if he wanted to let those people drive my car, that was okay. But it was my car. I had a sureness in my knower. Well, a few days later, I got a call from the salesman and said the other people had run into problems and that they had brought the car back and I could come and pick it up whenever I was ready. Hallelujah. (laughs) So that is how my faith started being built. It's a lesson at a time, an experience at a time, and allowing God's truth to get settled in me. I had to decide if God was the one that was true. Regardless of what man did, let God be true. Sometimes that is walking through a situation when you're making a decision regardless or even contrary to the circumstance. Facts don't change the truth, but the truth changes facts. We don't deny what we see, but we're not moved by it. I set about on my journey in learning the love walk as a wife and mother when in 1985 I got married. 1987, my son Shane was born. In 1988, Cody was born. What a joy and a blessing my sons have been and are. But you know, as your family grows, your prayer list grows. Amen. Romans 4, 20 to 21 Abraham did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. This was a process for Abraham. From Genesis 12 through Genesis 18, first the promise of the descendants through Abraham, then the promise of Isaac, his son, God personally assured him in that time period three times that of what his promise was, and it was a 25-year period. Abraham was 75 when the Lord spoke. He was 86 when Ishmael was born, which was man's solution to God's promise, and 100 when Isaac was born. Yet, it is recorded that Abraham was fully assured that what God was promi- promised he was able to perform. So God is so patient and loving that he facilitates and allows that assurance to develop in our hearts. On my journey in 1989, my husband Bob was working intermittently as he was having some health issues. We had mounting medical expenses, uh, credit card debt, behind on house payments that brought about a foreclosure and bankruptcy. It was a challenging time, but we felt it was a necessary step. And then a year later, uh, he was able to work, and he found a good job, and I was an at-home mom doing daycare, and God uh, miraculously made a way for us to buy another home from the very bank that we had filed bankruptcy on. God is cool. He's just cool. So, um, and it was around the same time that God had told me to stand in the gap for a little four-square church over on Farming Street. He called me out of the faith-filled, faith-speaking, faith-teaching church in Columbus to come back to Marion. 
I was reluctant at first, but God made it clear to me, so I went back. Every Sunday, the attendance was less and less. Some of you know this testimony. Until there was only one family and myself. Then they left. Then the pastor said, they were leaving. But do you know that none of that changed God's mind? There was a purpose and presence that he wanted in this town. And he saw to it that even for one, the four-square presence would remain, and it has. Around 1991, God gave me a promise from 2 Corinthians 9.8. And God is able, this is amplified, I love it, to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in abundance so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need, be self-sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work. Really, God, for me, bankruptcy, foreclosure, having my utilities shut off, living paycheck to paycheck, if we even had that sometimes, this promise is for me. And I started the process of becoming fully assured. In August 1992, Bob fell and hurt his knee, and then one thing led to another, and we knew by October that he would not be able to return to work. Romans 5, 3-5. We also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings perseverance. Perseverance, proven character, proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who was given to us. Sometimes in the character building to hope process, it's very challenging. God provided a job for me in December, and we began a three-year battle for Social Security disability for my husband. Our finances, again, took a massive hit, but I would occasionally read my Corinthians promise furnished in abundance as I strengthened myself in the Lord, where there were numerous hospital visits, tending to the needs of my sons, and working full-time. Romans 6 and 7 aptly speaks of the battle between the flesh and the spirit. So then I indeed myself, with mind and heart, serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So in the midst of my being transformed and dealing with flesh issues like hurt, anger, unforgiveness, pride, God brought a way and a grace for us to walk in joy and hope in the midst of the battles. And God gave me a weapon for my sons of fasting, which I did every Monday morning for 14 years. He's a good, good father. And we had a joy and a sense of humor, sometimes in the darkest of times. I learned that joy is not putting on a fake plastic smile, but an inner contentment of the soul which I needed to know as our entire Christmas, 1994, was provided by the staff of pulmonary rehab. God was so gracious. My family was blessed, but learning how to receive was really hard for me. I had my second Corinthians promise, requiring no aid or support, furnished in abundance. But in God's design for me to be a giver,
I had to learn how to receive. Receive his provision however it came. Receive his love. Receive his grace. Romans 8.32, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how will he not with him freely give us all things? Receiving is vital. And also Romans 8.28, And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. In 1995, Bob was approved for Social Security Disability, and I got a better job, and things were taking a bit of an upward turn. When Bob would go to the hospital, sometimes it was not major issues, but other times it was like life and death. We didn't know if he was going to make it out of the hospital. I remember one of those really serious times when he was in, and I was trying to be mother and father to our sons and keep the gravity of the situation from them so they could have some sort of normalcy in their lives. When they had gone to bed, I was sitting at my computer exhausted, and I was feeling desperate. And I'm not exactly sure how I tapped into a third-day song, except it was probably sent to me by Larry because he has such a gift for sending just the right thing at the right time. But it was um, out of... Psalm 36, your love, O Lord, reaches to the heavens. Your faithfulness touches the skies. Your righteousness is like the mighty mountains, and your justice flows like the ocean tide. And I will lift my voice and worship you, my King, and I will find my strength in the shadow of your wings. I cannot tell you how many times I hit the replay button that night to strengthen my inner man with those declarations and receive his love and presence in the midst of. What a precious time with the Lord. Around 2000, the place that I was working closed their doors and nothing was opening up. We only had Bob's disability and a few months of unemployment and no coverage for his meds, which ran about $1,000 to $1,200 a month. And two important words from Romans 10 came to life. Verse 11, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. And verse 17, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I was unemployed about a year, and I interviewed in that time to no avail until one day, an interview turned into a job offer. So here I am, a sick husband, no meds coverage, two sons, one in junior high, football, and needing coverage, um, and I had a job offer. So what could be wrong with that? I don't know. But I do know I did not have peace. Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, not the circumstances, not what seems right, let the peace rule. So I turned the job down. God gave my husband amazing grace to allow me to take a stand and follow God. It was about four months after that, in 2001, that I got a job as an accountant at Marion General Hospital. I'm still holding on to my 2 Corinthians promise, furnished for every good work, charitable donation, and it was around this time, via the internet, that God brought a financial mentor into my life that had gone from a sharecropper's son to a multimillionaire 
by sowing and, and faith in the Word of God. And I soaked it up like a sponge. God was at work. Another lesson happened a couple years later when I went to a woman's conference. God met me and just downloaded his love to me. And I caught a glimpse of what loving and being loved uh, with abandon was like. It was a marvelous, marvelous experience with the Lord. A sweet time with Jesus and a hunger that stirred in my heart to, to grow and experience that love more and more. Romans 11:22 said, Behold the kindness and severity of God to those who fell severity, but to you his kindness. Continue in his kindness. How blessed I am to know his kindness. Romans 12 is all good, but uh, there's parts in there that speak of the different giftings. And I entered a season in around 2003 where I was given grace to teach a Saturday morning monthly Bible study that continued for a few years. God was so faithful in those times. Some of you were there. My sweet sister-in-law, Sandy, was always consistent. Sharon and Marie were faithful attendees as well. I learned more than I taught in that season, and I had a blessed time of fellowship with the Lord as I leaned into him for lessons and gratefully accepted Molly's help as my editor and graphic artist <laughs> and enjoyed fellowship with the other women. Romans 13, 8 says, Oh, no man anything except to love one another. This scripture became another building block in God teaching me about finances. Faith, love, and finances are all tied together. And there was something else. I was learning about God as he continually desires to be in relationship, to be known by us. I used to sit on the couch and watch Benny Hinn. And people would get healed, and I'd cry, and thank God, that is so awesome. Will I ever have faith like that? I was married to a sick man who I and others continually prayed for. I learned to not look at external circumstances to validate my faith, because faith is the evidence of things not seen. When we see people like Benny Hinn, it should encourage us, not set a religious standard that brings a condemnation. Faith in God is living, breathing, everyday stuff. We can see faith, what faith in other people looks like, like Benny, but my faith needs to come out of my place of sureness. So I learned to listen to God, to pray as he directed for Bob, and to celebrate the successes along the way. To keep feeding my spirit on truth and those things that speak life and cause a sense of expectancy in me. That helped me find a place of peace in the midst of the up and down life of chronic illness. Romans 14:8. if we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. In 2008, I heard an evangelist speak, Andre Van Zink Van Zyl. And uh, he spoke an entire message about Peter getting out of the boat and walked on the word of God to come. It so stirred me. The cry of my heart was, Lord, I want to be a water walker. 
Granted, there were some instances where it felt like I had done that. But this message hit such a deep and passionate place in my heart. God surely sets us up for those encounters, doesn't he? On August 9th, 2011, I was listening to different YouTubes as I was working. And I heard the most awesome testimony of heaven. So wonderful and precious and personal. That night, my husband and granddaughter, who was three, and myself went out to dinner, and we had a nice time. The next day, on August 10th, while I was at work, my husband had a massive heart attack at home and went to be with the Lord. You would think that 16 years of chronic illness would somehow prepare you for a day like this, but it does not. God let me hear a testimony just the day before of what my husband might be experiencing, but there is certainly a process, a sorrow. So much love was poured on myself and my family during that time through my my immediate family, my church family and friends. Truly a time to be girded up and sustained by love as others came alongside, like in Romans, pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Bob and I had moved to a home in the country about six years prior to his death, and we ended up upside down in the value of the house. So when he died, I was unable to keep the house. So there was a new transitioning to God's care. New family dynamics to adjust to. New steps and levels of faith. 2 Corinthians 9.8 again came into play. And God is able to make all grace abound. A grace that is greater than any thought, feeling, or suggestion that God is not big enough. Around 2009, I was driving around, and I saw this vehicle that grabbed my attention that had never happened before, a car's a car. But I found out that it was a Jeep Compass. And at some point, a few years later, I got a picture of it, put it up on my bulletin board, along with my Corinthians promise, and a verse from God that he was going to provide a pleasant dwelling place for me. Around 2013, I was driving a car that was completely unsafe. I used to go get the oil change, and the guy would look at me and just shake his head. <laughs> but then I found out that I could get some of my pension out. Yay! So I asked God, could I get it to use my car? And he said, no. That was hard. Well, I had a good job, and I could easily get a car loan. But then there was that Romans 13.8 that said, Oh, no man, anything that God had made alive to me. So I said yes to God and knew that if my poor old tired Chevy died, that I would rather walk or ride a bike than violate God's word to me. About a year later, fortunately, the Chevy didn't die. God said that I could use it then. He released me. And so I, uh, and led me to where the vehicle was, Cheap Compass. And so I paid cash. Thank you, Jesus. Following God is such an adventure. 
He has his own time frame. <laughs> Romans 15:13. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Joy and peace in believing. That's my place of responsibility, the believing part. The Holy Spirit helps us abound in hope. Whether we have little faith, some faith, great faith, or reckless faith, Jesus will meet us where we're at. Faith is not a formula to only let a, an elite few in, but rather a supernatural system designed to usher us into the kingdom life that was created for us. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> Faith is not a formula designed to let only an elite few in, but rather a supernatural system designed to usher us in to the kingdom living, the kingdom life that God created for us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God will meet us where we are and provides grace to help us be willing to act on the faith we have and pursue him from that place. So here I am at 2016. I have been at Marion General Hospital for 16 years. I'm now a senior accountant. I have a comfortable life. I have no debt. I have a perfect home for me, and I'm getting closer and closer to my second Corinthians promise. Hallelujah, all is well. All was well. Till about three weeks ago, when I was sitting in my boat like Peter, my comfort zone, my familiar place, but the boat became buffeted by the waves. It says in Matthew 14:22, because the wind was against it. And that is what happened to me on my job. Lord, if this is you, bid me come. And on his word, and through prayer and counsel, I turned in my resignation on May 31st and took my step into the water and to another adventure with God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Romans 16, last chapter, verse 25. Now to him who is able to strengthen you in the faith in accordance with the gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the unveiling of the plan of redemption, which has been kept in silence, but is now disclosed through the prophetic scriptures. To the only wise God, be glory forevermore through Jesus, the Anointed One. Peter found out on the water through experience who Jesus was and what he had for him. Jesus wants his people in their natural bodies in their natural circumstances, to walk in supernatural places. Jesus wanted Peter on the water with him. Don't doubt, he encouraged Peter. Peter, believe me. 
Why? So we can say, look at me. Look at what God's doing in my life. No. It is to fellowship with him in his world, his kingdom, and to bring his, that fellowship into our world, our circumstances, our relationships. Good things come from the deposit of the word of God in our hearts. They don't come from the world. The enemy tricks us into thinking that our blessings, our healings, every provision comes from the outside in, but the truth is it comes from the inside out. God's realm is designed to produce a harvest independent of what is going on around us. He calls us to be above, to step out, to trust him, and he is there to meet us and see that we succeed as we keep our eyes on him. The just shall live by faith. There is no other or more sure foundation than God's word. It's what Peter walked on. It's what healed the paralytic. It's what kept my family together through storm after storm. It's what brings light into darkness and life into the dead places because his word is his heartbeat for us. Praise the Lord. That's just a glimpse into some of my walk and legacy pressing through, standing, resting, loving, learning, growing in relationship with Jesus, and it's a never-ending journey. It's a never-ending journey. We are his body, and we're knitted together, and we help each other in our walks couldn't have done any of this without the help and support of people coming around. That's the way God designed it. I'm so grateful for that. So I want to pray. I want to pray for everyone. And if you'd all just um, close your eyes. Because it's salvation through Jesus Christ that brings value to everything that happens in our life. And if you're here today and you have not asked him to forgive your sins so that you can have unbroken fellowship with him, I would like to pray with you. So if you want to just slip up your hand so I can acknowledge that and we can just pray together. It's so good. Life with Jesus is so good. He has, he has good for us. So much good. Thank you, Lord. Father, it's because of you that we live and move and have our being. It's because of you. And we are so grateful, Lord. We are so grateful. You are a champion. You are, you are who makes us brave. You are the confidence-building God. You raise us up to a new level, and then another level, and then another level. Because you so desire us to know you. You so desire us to, to walk in a place that you have prepared for us. I know the plans that I have for you. The expected end that he has for us. And he takes us step by step. He's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. Gives grace. May you abound in grace. That's my prayer for you today. May you abound in grace as you walk with the Lord. 
wherever you're at. He will meet you wherever you are at.